subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com slash radio. Thank you for tuning in to Tripod Talk Radio, where we're spreading the word that it's better to hop on three legs than limp on four. Hosted by Jim and Renee and Wyatt Ray of the Tripod Blogs community at Tripods.com, Jerry's Place for canine amputees and their people. Oh, that silly Jerry. Hello, this is Tripod Talk Radio, and today is Sunday, May 13th, 2012. Health insurance for pets is an important but often complicating issue that raises plenty of questions. That's why we're excited to speak with our guest today, Dr. Doug Kenny. Dr. Kenny is a practicing veterinarian in Cordova, Tennessee, and author of The Pet Insurance Toolkit. He also hosts his own pet insurance podcast at PetInsuranceGuideUS.com. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Kenny. Well, thank you for inviting me to be a guest on the show. And thank you for being here, Dr. Kenny. We're so happy to have you here. We've been wanting to do this show for a long time. And before we get started, I just wanted to let our listeners know that neither we nor Dr. Kenny endorse any particular insurance providers. And while we do list a couple on our site at tripods.com slash support, we always suggest that anyone interested in pet insurance fully research any policies before purchasing. And that's how Dr. Kenny's free ebook can help. And uh, hi, Dr. Kenny. Um, this is Renee here. And um, I just... Uh, wanted to thank you for being here because um, pet insurance is just its something that we're um, relatively newly acquainted with. Um, when our, our dog, Jerry, the founder of Tripods, was diagnosed with bone cancer in, in 2006, um, pet insurance wasn't even on our radar. And um, that was our first real introduction to the cost that would be involved in treating something big like cancer. And um, we didn't have insurance, and, and I would be lying if I said that the cost didn't have some influence in our decision not to pursue chemotherapy. Um, and even though we didn't do chemo, we still spent thousands on, on him for his cancer treatments. And this time around, we have insurance on our, our current tripod spokes dog, Wyatt. And the insurance has paid off already. Um, last year, he had a major unexpected surgery that would have ran about $3,000. And mm. our insurance paid for about half of that. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's such a relief to have a, a good policy in place and, and one that I, I am pretty sure <laughs> covers cancer. I, I think I did my research. But um, that's why I wanted to talk to you here today because um, even if we have just basic insurance on our animals, I feel that it's, it's so important, especially for our audience that, that is dealing with cancer, to know more about it. So thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Um, and, and let me let me start uh, by asking, um, you know, can you tell us a, a little bit about yourself and, and why you started educating um, people about um, pet health insurance policies? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I am a practicing veterinarian, and a common way that pet insurance companies market their policies is to ask veterinarians to display brochures about their company in their hospitals. And as you probably know, for years, 
there was only one successful pet insurance company in the United States, and we kept their brochures on hand to give to clients that asked us about pet insurance. And then several years ago, I started getting brochures from companies I'd never heard of before. So I started going to their websites and calling them and asking questions about their policies. And I found out that there were about eight or nine companies selling policies in the United States. Today, there are about 11 or 12 companies. So it was easy to advise my clients about pet insurance when there was only one company but now they have many more options. And unlike human health insurance, where the contract is usually between the provider, that is the doctor or hospital, and the insurance company, with pet insurance, the contract is between the pet parent and the insurance company. So pet parents can usually buy a policy from any company and visit any veterinarian or veterinary hospital and get reimbursed. They aren't tied to a network or a particular veterinarian or hospital. Therefore, I feel like the decision about which company and policy a client chooses to insure their pet is theirs to make and not mine to make for them. Pet insurance isn't a one-size-fits-all proposition. Every pet parent situation is different. Their financial situation, the type of pets they have, the number of pets they have, and the ages and health status of each pet is usually different. So that's why I recommend that they do their own research, uh, looking at all the companies before deciding which one is best for them and their pet. And this led me to putting all the information that I learned in a book to help pet parents with the research necessary to make a, a wise decision. The blog actually got started because pet insurance companies have a habit of tweaking their policies and sometimes making substantial changes to their policies, and the blog just allows me to write about those changes as they happen. Yeah, I actually learned on, on your blog uh, not too long ago that the policy that we have for Wyatt has just had some major changes, which I need to look into. Um, so, you know, when I was I was looking for our Wyatt, you know, it was pretty straightforward. He's a, a He was an eight-month-old German Shepherd at the time, and being that he was younger, it was, you know, for me it was easier to um, find a policy based on price. I guess he was just a lot cheaper to insure than an older dog, uh, from sure. what I could tell. But you know, I still felt like I was I was grasping at straws when I was looking at different companies and and reviews and things like that. And so I wanted to ask you, um, when somebody is just starting their research, what are the the top three things to consider when when you're looking at at pet insurance policies? Okay, well I'm speaking from a veterinarian's perspective, but number one, coverage for hereditary conditions. Uh, a misconception that I see repeated a lot on the Internet is that pet insurance policies don't cover hereditary conditions. However, most of the companies that have started up in the last five years or so include coverage for hereditary conditions, even up to the policy's maximum limits. And in order to keep up, Several of the older companies have also started offering coverage for hereditary conditions, but coverage is sometimes limited, so you have to be careful. 
there are still some companies, though, that don't provide coverage for hereditary conditions. Also, each company has its own list of what they consider is hereditary, and some of those lists can be pretty long. Uh, so you're just better off making sure that the policy you buy covers hereditary conditions. And secondly, coverage for chronic conditions, and these are problems that pets get that aren't cured but can be treated and controlled, allowing the pet to still have a good quality of life, sometimes for years. In the past, some companies didn't provide this coverage. For example, if your dog developed osteosarcoma a month before your renewal date, it was covered until the policy renewed, but it oh, was wow. considered it was considered pre-existing the following policy year and not covered. And Renee, I know that you and the listeners to your program are aware of the ongoing cost associated with treating cancer. Oh yeah. Uh, again though the newer companies offered this coverage in their policies and I think this forced the older companies to rethink their position and now virtually all the companies offer at least some coverage for ongoing or chronic conditions and this coverage is important because even though older pets come to mind when we think about chronic conditions pets can be diagnosed at a young age with things like allergic dermatitis that requires lifelong therapy. So this is the reason, as you did, to get pet insurance early while your pet is still young and hopefully before any of those chronic conditions show up. And then thirdly, look at the limits of the policy. Uh, Policies have lifetime limits, annual limits, uh, per incident limits, and category limits. And you want to make sure that you have adequate coverage should any major accident or illness occur. Some pet insurance policies have such low limits, especially per incident limits, that the pet parent would still have to pay a substantial amount of money out of pocket in the event of a large claim, say $5,000 to $10,000. Wow. You know, I have a ton of questions just on on what you just told me, but um, let me start with um, when you mentioned uh, looking at policies that cover hereditary conditions. um, Of policies that cover that, I I know that, like, for example, our Wyatt's does not. And um, Wyatt has, uh, we found out recently, has um, hip dysplasia. So if I did want to get a policy that covered that, would that kind of coverage be extra? Is that like a, a rider you get for a policy? Well, some of the newer companies automatically include that uh, in their policies uh, just routinely. Uh, some uh, companies do have riders, as you mentioned, where you do pay an extra premium. And then some companies, uh, hip dysplasia is one of those Uh, hereditary conditions that a couple of companies have special uh, limitations like, um, you know, you have to uh, purchase it before six years old for it to be covered or, you know, things like that. So 
uh, it seems that hip dysplasia is sort of singled out sometimes as, as one of those uh, hereditary conditions and given special treatment. Yeah, I definitely noticed that when I saw, uh, when I looked at his, his policy before we got it, and um, it scared me, but I, you know, I went with his company anyways. Um, and let me, uh, let me ask you this um, about the, the limits that you mentioned when looking at lifetime, um, annual, and, and per incident limits. Um, of those three factors, which one would you say is most important to have the, the highest amount of, of coverage on? Well, I think annual limits are always preferable to per incident limits. Uh, and, uh, for instance, a policy with uh, an annual limit, say, up to $20,000 and no per incident limit, if your pet should get uh, a major illness that costs, say, $10,000, uh, since there's no per-incident limit, the whole uh, illness would be covered. If that policy had an annual limit of $20,000, but it also had a per-incident limit of, say, $5,000, then you would be limited to $5,000 for that one incident, and then the pet parent would have to pay the additional $5,000. So uh, per incident limits are just, uh, they're, they're probably the most limiting factor uh, in a pet insurance policy. Uh, so if you do buy a policy that has per incident limits, you, uh, you need to get one with the highest uh, limit that you can afford. And, and preferably, you know, buy one that uh, doesn't have per incident limits and only has uh, an annual limit. And, you know, some of the companies now uh, don't even have annual limits. Uh, so um, it's just amazing how different each of these pet insurance companies are in, in their policies. It's just, it's just amazing to, to look at it and realize that, you know, no two are anywhere close to being alike. So it does take a lot of research and uh, so forth to, uh, you know, find the best policy. And, you know, I, here again, I, I advise looking at all the pet insurance uh, companies. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, say, well, I don't want to go to that trouble, but uh, I think it's worth going to that trouble because if you uh, don't and you buy a policy and then later find out, golly, this other company over here doesn't have that limit. I wish I'd have known about that. You know, uh, it's just always good to do a good, uh, thorough research on the front end. Yeah, we've, we've only been talking a few minutes, and I'm already uh, ready to start researching for a new company. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, speaking of that, so so we have this, uh, our, our Wyatt, who's been insured with one company for the last uh, two and a half years. If If we wanted to go to a new company, um, do they factor in the claims that we've made with the other insurance company, and, and would that affect our premium with a new company? Uh, yes, they do take it into consideration. I don't know that it would affect the premium as much as it would possibly the coverage. And if the problems that White has had have been you know, minor or temporary, uh, not ongoing, uh, most companies, if uh, if the problem has been resolved and it hasn't occurred in the last six months, uh, they may not consider that pre-existing if you were to switch companies. But 
if you do, I always recommend if if you switch companies to always ask the pet insurance company to uh, do a medical record review uh, on the front end. Uh, some some do it during the underwriting process uh, when they're looking at the medical history. Uh, others uh, don't do it or uh, until you've actually uh, had a policy active, but. If you have them do a, a medical record review and ask them to give you in writing what conditions they consider pre-existing, if any, and not covered, uh, that will give you some peace of mind. And, um, you know, you just never know. If I, I recommend if, if your pet's had any medical problems, even if you consider it minor, uh, I would at least ask the pet insurance company to do a, a medical record review. That's great advice, and I think we're going to do that. Um, now, let me ask you this. Uh, I see a lot of, of ads out there for um, something called a prepaid wellness plan. And um, can you tell us um, what what is a, a prepaid wellness plan, and, and how does that differ from a, an insurance policy? Well, Renee, you just alluded to the two categories of pet health care expenses that pet parents have to pay. And number one is wellness care. And these are things like wellness examinations, vaccinations, heartworm testing, spaying and neutering, and so forth. These are expected expenses that can be planned for. Most pet parents can afford to pay these out of pocket. Probably the best example of Prepaid wellness plans is Banfield. Uh, I'm sure you've seen people on the Internet mention that they have Banfield insurance. Uh, okay. But what Banfield sells isn't insurance at all. Uh, they have several levels of wellness plans pet parents can choose from and pay for via automatic monthly payments. And these plans may also include discounts on other non-wellness procedures and other veterinary hospitals are now starting to design their own wellness plans model after Banfield. Uh, the second category is accident and illness care, and these are events that are unexpected and unplanned and often expensive, and therefore pet parents may sometimes have trouble paying for out-of-pocket. Accident and illness expenses are why most pet parents consider the purchase of pet insurance. My concern is that some of these prepaid wellness plans are so expensive that pet parents may feel like they can't afford to do both. Uh, companies that offer these type of prepaid wellness plans and pet insurance companies are competing against each other for the same dollars that pet parents have to spend on their pet's health care. I do believe, however, that pet parents can afford a reasonable level of wellness care that will help keep their pets healthy and also afford a reasonable level of pet insurance. I believe both are important. Yeah, you know, when when I was looking at policies, uh, I I did see the the wellness plan option for ours, and it increased our premium by about thirty dollars a month, and I, that kind of blew me away. And and I said, well, you know, geez, I can pay for his shots, and 
and exams and things like that. So I, you know, I got the basic accident and, and illness coverage. Um, but would you say yeah. that the wellness plans are, are something that um, that you're better off putting that money in a savings account, maybe? Well, I've I've never been a big proponent of the wellness coverage that pet insurance companies offer. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you're almost, like you mentioned, prepaying for your uh, wellness uh, care. But, um, you know, some, some of these companies have a list of things that they cover and an amount they cover. Uh, you know, they even advertise that, uh, you know, you pay $20 in premium, but you get $400 worth of uh, potential reimbursement. You know, the problem is, you know, you aren't going to do all the things on that list every year. So you have to be careful. I, I believe the wellness plans, uh, the wellness coverage that the pet insurance companies offer is is more than, more than likely close to a break-even deal. Uh, and and like you said, it's uh, you're already paying for it out of pocket. Uh, and some years you'll probably come out a few dollars ahead, and some years you may come out a, a few dollars behind. Okay, that that makes sense. Um, so so let me ask you this now: you you guide people um, through the process of, of reviewing a, an insurance policy and. And looking to see what's covered, can you can you tell me how you um, show people how to just cut through the legal mumbo jumbo and, and learn what's really covered on a policy? I know your website has some really detailed instructions, but if you could just kind of give us an overview of, of how you're guiding people through that process, that'd be great. Okay, you know most of the insurance companies have some sort of list of what's covered and not covered on on their website, but. The only way to know for sure is to read a sample policy. Uh, and I always say never purchase pet insurance without reading a sample policy. And I know people hate to read what appears to be a very legal document, but uh-huh. in actuality, you know, pet insurance policies aren't that hard to understand. Most are relatively short, about six pages long while others are rather long, like 18 pages long. Uh, you should read every word, and if you don't fully understand something, don't hesitate to call or email the, the company and, and ask questions. Even after purchasing pet insurance and receiving your policy in the mail, be sure to read it again. And again, if you have any questions, contact the company for clarification. And also, look for any exclusions that may have been added to the policy because of the answers you gave to the questions about your pet's medical history when you signed up for the policy or as a result of a medical record review. And usually, you have a certain number of days, like 15 or 30 days, where you can cancel the policy and receive a full refund of your premium as long as you haven't filed a claim. And and the bottom line is, um, uh, yeah, I mean, on my blog and on the worksheets that I provide in the toolkit, I I try to list what I consider, again, from a veterinarian's perspective, the most important things to look at. Um, But there's so many variables, and you'll, you'll learn things from the policy 
that you won't learn from any of the materials that I or anybody else provide or you'll see on uh, Pet Insurance Company's website. You just... Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Are you still there, Dr. Kenny? Hello? Hello? Hi, Dr. Kenny. Yes. Oh, good. You're still there. We thought we lost you for a second. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, I have uh, – let me see if I'm, I'm understanding you correctly. So if, if I took out a policy and the company didn't like something that I said or thought it was uh, too risky to coverage a, a certain um, aspect of why it's health, um, when I got that policy in the mail, there would be basically sections crossed out that um, didn't apply to me. Is that is that what you're saying? I think the way they do it is there would be a page near the be- beginning of the policy that would list any conditions that are excluded uh, okay. from coverage. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> um, so definitely check your policies after you get them. That's, that's yeah, I mean, I, I I I believe that probably a lot of people buy pet insurance and uh, any kind of insurance, and probably as soon as you get the policy, stick it in a file or drawer and never look at it, and and, and that's 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 not good. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that reminder. I'm one of those people. Um, let me let me. Uh, ask you about older dogs now um you know i've heard that it can be really tough to get insurance on an older dog is is that true and and if so at at what age do um insurance companies start making it expensive and difficult to cover an older dog well there some companies will cover dogs up to any age and some have age limits but if your dog has had any chronic condition like cancer diabetes kidney disease, and so forth, uh, he or she likely won't be eligible for illness coverage. Uh, However, if you've got an older pet that's been relatively healthy most of uh, his or her life, it shouldn't be tough to get coverage. But uh, again, uh, if you do have an older pet, uh, be sure and ask for a medical record review so that you'll know on the front end, uh, in writing, if there's any uh, uh, conditions that might be considered pre-existing and not covered. And as you pointed out, it will be more expensive because we all know that as pets live longer, uh, they are inevitably will develop some one or more chronic uh, conditions. Um, some companies keep the premiums relatively low until 8 or 10 years old when they can uh, rise sharply. Uh, others don't raise premiums at all. Uh, due to the pet aging. There is a strategy, though, that pet parents can use when insuring an older pet. With my own health insurance, my premiums have gone up substantially over the years as I've gotten older and due to inflation and so forth. And in order to keep my insurance, I've had to raise my deductible uh, so that now I've got a very high deductible, one that most folks would call catastrophic coverage. And pet parents can do the same thing. Many of the pet insurance companies now allow you to customize your policy by offering a range of deductibles and coinsurance options so that you can find reasonable coverage that will still fit your budget. And using this strategy, I think pet parents will be surprised to learn that pet pet insurance for older pets is more affordable than they think. 
That is really great to hear, especially for all of you, the older dogs out there looking for homes. Um, Dr. Kane, we just have a, a couple of minutes left, and, and I'd like to um, give you some time to talk about your book, um, The Pet Insurance Toolkit. Um, can you just give us an overview and, and tell us a little bit about it and how people can find it? Sure. Uh, I designed it to be just an all-in-one kit to help pet parents do research uh, that is necessary to make a good in, uh, decision about whether to purchase pet insurance, and if so, which company and policy would be best uh, for their pet and, and their situation. It contains an ebook and a company comparison worksheet and a policy comparison worksheet uh, that there are actually fillable forms, uh, a couple or even Excel uh, worksheets uh, that have uh, automatic calculations built in and everything. Um, so uh, it, it, they're available absolutely free at PetInsuranceToolkit.com. Everything's available for free. That's right. That is wonderful. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, you know, and it looks like we have just a, a couple seconds left. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, is there any kind of uh, pet insurance rating guide that we can visit to find out what policies are best in certain areas? Yes. I, I email Mike Hemstreet at PetInsuranceReview.com and ask him about this. And I heard back just this morning that he is updating his website soon to include a way to search for reviews associated with specific conditions, including cancer. And uh, that update should be available pretty soon. And I consider his website the best when wanting to read reviews about pet insurance companies. And a link to each company's review page is included in all my worksheets. Oh, terrific. Um, what is the name of that website again? Uh, PetInsuranceReview.com Alrighty, thank you And we will look for updates at PetInsuranceToolkit.com And listeners can find a podcast of this episode at Downloads.Tripods.com soon Thanks again, Dr. Kenny Thank you for tuning in Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts And claim your free gift just for listeners at Downloads.Tripods.com slash podcast